It's a continual feast here at the National Religious Broadcasters Convention of what God's doing with all so many wonderful people and the creativity never ceases to amaze me and obviously there's some creativity involved in, in what we're going to find out here. But um, So the, the gentleman in front of me, Dave Richardson, has Assumptions Institute, right? Yes. And so immediately, my boss is Stu Epperson, okay? And he always says you never want to assume. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so what's Assumptions Institute? I'm curious. Obviously, everybody is. Yes. Well, Assumptions Institute, uh, what we do is uh, we teach critical thinking. Uh, what we're doing is we're helping Christ followers learn to discern what's true so that they can flourish in their faith, engage the culture, and influence others for Christ. So, uh, so what we're doing is we're, uh, I've developed an actual system of critical thinking that's, uh, that I've used with college professors, but it's so simple I can actually teach it to middle schoolers and high schoolers so that they can learn how to figure out whether the messages they encounter every day in social media, uh, in TV shows, movies, uh, in classrooms, uh, or the culture at large, you can tell whether the messages are true or not based on not the sophisticated argument or the complex ideology, but the simple assumptions that are underneath the argument. So I'm shooting for those. And when I do that, I can learn to discern whether something is true or not and whether it matches who God is and the truth in his word or not in as little as 30 seconds. All right. Well, I'm game. <laughs> so is this a place... Essentially, you go into schools and that kind of things. How how is that delivered? This this curriculum. Well, uh, we have uh, some video-based courses for individuals and uh, and for small groups that, that kind of gets your feet wet, uh, learns the basics of the skills, and even uh, goes through some applications of it in some contemporary issues like wealth inequality or race and gender and other issues like that. We go uh, uh, at those head on uh, and looking at what are the assumptions underneath those issues that aren't true so that you know what is true and how to connect truth from God and the Bible to those issues. But, but also we have semester-long courses that we've developed for Christian schools where they can teach this skill to their students more in depth. And likewise, we've done a version for homeschools and homeschool co-ops. Oh, cool. Cool. So if I'm a homeschool mama, what do I, how do I get that information? You go to learntodiscern.com. Ah, it's not Assumption Institute. No. Learn to discern. <laughs> LearnToDiscern.com is our website for all of our courses. So that uh, uh, you, uh, we've got uh, some of them ready right now, and the rest of them will be ready the rest of, uh, later on this summer. Uh, but we're going to have them ready for the school year so that uh, uh, parents can learn the basics for themselves and likewise be able to pass it on to their students. Now, it applies uh, Christian faith to real-world issues. So, like I'm sure everybody that ever interviewed you, how do you do that? <laughs> <laughs> How do you do well, actually, there, there's a, it's a very simple four-step process that I go through uh, using what I call the critical assumptions test that I've developed. And we, we've uh, actually automated the critical assumptions test with a phone app. Oh, so cool. you can carry it with you wherever you go. And as you're watching TV shows and movies, as you're uh, in a classroom listening to a lecture, as you're uh, reading an article or a web page or whatever, uh, whatever form the message is coming at you at, you can tell immediately, based on its assumptions, 
whether the message is true or not and whether it matches who God is in the truth and his word or not. Uh, using a four-step process, I ask the question, does this have to do with people, yes or no? If it does, then there's four questions uh, that uh, I will look for. If it doesn't okay, have to well, do with... Sure. Because I, I, you have me. I'm okay. So it, let's just say, you know, and I'm one of those people that, like, I get some medical tests back yesterday. So yeah. It says my Billy Rubin or something's up, right? Mm -hmm. So naturally, I Google what am I eating that's causing my Billy Rubin to go up, right? Sure. And, and, and so it says, um, the the one article I read immediately said it's got nothing to do with what you eat. Now. How do I go? So that doesn't have to do with people. So what do I do with that? Well, uh, if it doesn't have to do with people, then it'll be uh, uh, it'll have to do with one of four other kinds of questions. Okay. Uh, uh, and those questions are: What's really real? Where does everything come from? How does everything work? And where is everything going? So uh, when you're talking about scientific kinds of things, you're talking about the question: How does everything work? Right. And uh, I, I'm looking more at just the, the basics behind, not always the detail. Uh, but there's three different ways a person tends to answer that question based on how they assume about reality, what's really real, what's really here. There's some people that are materialists. They think that everything is just physical-only stuff. And uh, so how would you explain how everything works? Well, it's just natural laws that run things. That's all there is because there's no God. There's no angels and demons and spiritual powers. It's just natural processes that's all there is if you uh, start with a different assumption that uh, the physical world really isn't all that important the thing that is important is something non-physical something spiritual something mental uh, so really this physical world you think is real is really actually run by and is a spiritual force or spiritual power of some uh, sort of uh, thing like that or uh, uh, a human ideal that we can uh, that we can uh, achieve if we all work together and we can build a better world it's a, it's the notion of a spiritual or a social ideal or the third way is the universe runs with natural laws that are a reflection of God's unchanging character because he's the one who made it so depending on which one of those core assumptions you start with it's all physical, it's all non-physical, or there's two realities, a creator and a creation. You'll understand every issue in fundamentally different ways. And that core assumption controls what you think, what you say, and what you do. Wow. And so, obviously, part of the, the methodology is to understand these questions that are behind the question. Yes. And what and, are they really talking about? And and. and like you said, the Assumptions Institute. So you're you're going in there and trying to find out, you know, the basis of, you know, what their thought process is. Yes, uh, I've I've worked in academia for a long, long time. Uh, I have two postgraduate degrees. My ministry for 20 years uh, with Campus Crusade for Christ was with college and university professors at major state universities, and uh, I was trying to help understand. Uh, how to reach atheist and agnostic professors for Christ. That was my initial motivation in ministry that led to all of these other things that I've developed over uh, uh, the succeeding years where I discovered not only does this help Christians who are professors in major universities connect truth based in God and the Bible and teach it in a state university classroom in a way that's relevant and appropriate, but it also is a basic critical thinking skill for students so that they can figure out for themselves what's true. They don't have to be told what's true. They can find out for themselves what it is and know that it is. 
So, I'm definitely curious now about the, you, you, you were working with atheist professors. Yes. And so, obviously, that's part of the way you develop the criteria that you're using. Exactly. And so, have you got a story, like, where you went into this atheist professor and what happened? <laughs> I've had lots of conversations with atheists over the years. In fact, my uh, my dissertation at Oxford University was studying these guys. So I did hour-long interviews with them. And the thing that was really interesting to me is you would think, all oh, these guys are just really hardened people and they have no interest or concern for this. I remember uh, sitting down with one uh, sociology professor, and we'd done this hour-long interview. And then at the end, I asked him, uh, is there other things that I haven't talked about that you want to add to or something you need for me to clarify or something else you want to add to it? And after a, a, a few minutes, he looked at me and he said, you know, to tell you the truth, I'm deathly afraid of dying. And, you know, if if um, you believe in Jesus uh, you uh, uh, and ask him for forgiveness of sins and things like that, that sounds actually quite appealing. But there's that faith thing. I just can't wrap my head around that. Uh, because he's a rational kind of guy. And and I understand uh, from the interview with him as well as many others that there's two things that if Christians could master this, they could have effective conversations with skeptics. One is that Christians, uh, in their mind, are a bunch of hypocrites. They're poor witnesses to God in the church. They use this label Christian, but they don't really seem all that much different, really, than anybody else. But the thing is, we do have a message that addresses that, and that's the ministry of the Holy Spirit. If a person is filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, it's Jesus himself living his life through us, and we will actually be different than if we were just doing it ourselves, living in the flesh. But we just don't preach that message much. Uh, and, but that helps solve the problem. But the other one is that God is not a very good explanation for the world world and how it works. So when you invoke God as an explanation for something, you know, in science or in economics or other things like that, that makes no sense to them. But the few Christian scholars who have figured out how to relate truth from God and the Bible to their academic discipline in a plausible way that makes sense and actually contributes to knowledge, they want to talk to that guy. Uh, they're not interested in the excellence of your character. They're interested in the excellence of your academics. And when you can bring God in a plausible way into that world that works, that's different. I've never seen anything like that. Tell, tell me how that works. And, and, and then they want to engage with you because if God is really real, that's very different than just does God exist. The, uh, a lot of people say, well, prove that God exists. That's not the question. God exists at the very least as a concept of the mind. <laughs> that's not the issue. The issue is, is God real? If you've met Jesus, you know he's real. And for most skeptics, they don't know God is real because they've never met him. And so you're with this guy, and he's deathly afraid of dying, uh -huh. right? Wonderful story. What happened? Well, in that particular situation, because of uh, the rules of academic research, I could not give him the answer, <laughs> uh, which is really sad because uh, uh, there, there are uh, – uh, rules and regulations that I, I have to abide by uh, with that. But I have had other conversations. Uh, there, there, there's another professor uh, who's an English professor. Uh, when I first met her through a mutual friend, uh, 
I taught her the basics of how to use the critical assumptions test in her classes so that she she was uh, motivated to uh, help her Christian students better understand her non-Christian students than the other way around. And as she began playing with it, she discovered this is a great audience analysis tool. If you understand the assumptions behind your audience, you can make a more persuasive argument because she teaches rhetoric, right. persuasive writing, and persuasive speaking. And uh, so I taught her all these techniques, and she used them for five semesters in her classes. She loved it. It was really effective for her as a professor. But then the thing that was absolutely shocking to me is I learned uh, later on down the road that when she was learning this from me, she was not a believer at all. She, in fact, was a liberal progressive feminist who was looking for a way to dislodge these quaint superstitions and myths held by her Christian students so that they can understand a more enlightened way about the universe. Her husband was a believer, but she was not. But by accurately teaching this tool in her classes, she was quietly having to reevaluate her own assumptions and discovered they didn't work, and she became a Christ follower as a result. And that and, awesome. And she's actually written a book about it now oh, wow. uh, that uh, that tells her story of how she went from clear over here to all the way over here. And now she thinks it's her responsibility and privilege to introduce her students to Christ through her classroom instruction using the critical assumptions test. There you have it. Wow, I hate we're out of time. But Dave Richardson, Cookville, Tennessee. Y'all. No, actually, that's where my publicist is. Oh, I, I, I'm just out of Atlanta. And so how do people find out about this one more time? Well, learntodiscern.com is where our uh, education resources are. Um, my book, Transparent, that started the whole discernment revolution, is at thetransparentbook.com. Uh, you can download the, the app that I mentioned that automates that critical thinking process from that website. And our, our organization is assumptionsinstitute.com. Oh, I'm sorry, assumptionsinstitute.org. Assumptionsinstitute.org. Thank yes. you so much. God bless you. Robbie, thanks for having me on your show. Right.